Grandpa Jim. Motivation Central Station, thanks for tuning in today. We have a wonderful program lined up for you. Today I'm going to talk about uh, different learning styles. I'm going to refer them mostly to Brandon Dassey and his case. Um, this is one of the biggest travesties ever. You know, on the other hand, I was thinking back and reflecting, you, you know, before we had all this knowledge about learning styles and cognitive disabilities, how many people got railroaded? How many false confessions before our time? Just think of the, you know, before the Innocence Project even appeared, you know, I just, uh, you know, I had to think about that for a moment and just pray for the people that did uh, some unjustified suffering. Um, and one of my podcasts, I disclosed that when I was younger, I was uh, really pounded on by some police officers. The other thing, another confession, um, I never have a problem putting myself out there is I was in the interrogation room when I was a kid uh, many times, you know, I would say seven or eight times. I hung out with the wild childs. Uh, I always say, uh, you know, when I worked in the inner city, you know, I may be from the suburbs and not from the hood. But that doesn't mean my rhymes are no good because in the suburbs, all our parents were working. And so we had, especially the kids from the wealthy family, I went to high school where it was divided right down the middle. Half the kids were from white collar homes, doctors, lawyers, other types of professions and business owners. And then I came from the blue collar side of the tracks. My loving father raised me and, uh, you know, I, he's still with us by God's grace. Uh, what a beautiful man. And uh, being a father is not a noun. It's an adjective. My dad's always, always, you know, been a example, exemplary, <laughs> exemplary example of being a great father who didn't have a father, by the way. Uh, when he was raised, so any of you single moms out there, um, I don't, you know, when I was in school, I would say my dad is a man among men. So, I, you know, don't think that your kid's just going to be put in this box. And speaking of the box and putting Brandon into these confessions for four days while these cops pounded on him and pounded on him and pounded on him and pounded on him. You know, the, the way I see it in my eyes is Brendan was a hell of a lot stronger than I would ever been. I remember being pounded on the cops two days in a row at my grade school for supposedly stealing a key to a classroom and which I did not. And, um, you know, and that was just over the lunch hour of a couple of days. By the second day, I went home crying to my father saying, these cops won't leave me alone. They think I stole the key. My father got on the phone and said, hey, you didn't steal the key. Leave the kid alone. And they left me alone, you know. And then I want to give Barb some justification, too, because 
how bad were they pounding on Barb to get him away from her? And I know there's a lot of flack that she went to these other court hearings and that, but when somebody's telling you, hey, trust us, it's going to be okay, she's thinking her ass is going to be in trouble if she don't get to the other court case. There's nothing here. My kid didn't do anything wrong. So I don't know if it's a thousand percent cool to leave Barb hanging out there, you know? So uh, back to Brendan and the hundreds of thousands of Brendans that have ever gone through this. This isn't, you know, it's really cool is I found a from the uh, journal of let me see where I got this information. The Journal of American uh, Academy of Psych- Psychiatric and uh, Law. Okay. Um, they have a website, and it's free. I found this article free on there. Um, the website is jaapl.org, and the title was False Confessions, uh, Causes, and Consequences. And I'd recommend for you to go see this, because this was written in 2009. This was, be, you know, this was shortly thereafter... Brendan went uh, to prison and it was before Making a Murderer came out. Uh, You know, so how much of this, uh, you know, when we find evidence like this, we need to, you know, we can't wait for others to do our work. We need to educate, you know. I, I like the idea of the grandpa thing because what would your grandfather want you to do in situations like this what do you want you for those that don't have your grandfather anymore would he have wanted you to just sit back or would he have wanted you to put some efforts in and we're not talking a huge amount of time every day but if we all as a collective group would put in about a half hour a day on educating uh the legal system and you know that that information is going to get out there and education's such a powerful thing. Um, I also have dyslexia, so I understand uh, Brendan uh, in his classroom and just how difficult, you know, I know his is a cognitive situation, but I would just lie to people and say, I understand what you're talking about. I I could see it in his interrogation, how he would just agree and agree, because that was me as a kid, because I didn't want to talk about algebra anymore. I didn't want to talk about history. I just wanted you to get out of my face. So, you know, the game box uh, and stuff wasn't around uh, back then, but I would have wanted to go home and play my video games, okay? Uh, yeah, instead of talking to these people. So you're just going to agree. And then if they're giving you uh, these false hopes that, yeah, you're just going to go home. Nothing's wrong here. Nothing's a matter. And then you're feeding somebody the information. It's just horrible, you know. So we, we got to make sure that there's never Brendan's again. You have to have representation for kids. Maybe it should be mandatory across the board, you know. Uh, maybe we need to have more public defenders. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of single moms nowadays raising families. And, 
And, you know, I know they changed a lot of laws, like around getting driver's license. Like when I was a kid, you had to have a parent in the car and, uh, you know, and I know they've, uh, they, you can put other people in the car now. You couldn't do that when I was a kid. And so, uh, there needs to be some reform in that area as well. And so, you know, and then there's different types of learning styles. So not every person, you know, I, I've learned that, um, I learned that I, uh, learned how to, uh, I learned by visual. I learned by, um, watching the teacher and asking, I, I'm very, I, I learned auditory, auditorily. I just, through my ears a lot and listening and because the uh, the worst case scenario for me, and I do a lot of public speaking, and I do not use notes. You know, I'll I'll use something to key my memory, but uh, I don't use notes because I can't read them. So if I'm I'm up on a stage, it's just it confuses me more. So I'll have bullet points that I'm just gonna you know hit as I move through my presentations. Um, so, uh, you know, what were Brendan's, Brendan's learning style? And, uh, the other thing I want to get to is how damaged Brendan has become through this whole process or anybody that was, uh, so unjustifiably convicted. Um, this is, Again, this is so painful. And then, to uh, if Stephen Avery sat twice for something he didn't do each time, wow, wow, somebody really got burned on their life, man. That's just absolutely horrendous. So I've worked with, in my business, I have a gutter cleaning business, and we do a lot of home stuff. And I try to handle the disenfranchised. I've hired a lot of guys with felonies in that because a lot of felonies, especially in the state of Wisconsin, you know, they were, especially in an African-American neighborhood around here, they got felonies way quicker than uh, white America. And so um, I am a Black Lives Matter supporter um, and I've been brutalized by the police too when I was a kid. And so I don't want to get in that, that there's other um, podcasts that I have talked about that. There's also um, a Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein video of mine that's blowing up on their uh, pedophile uh, mental health diagnosis and their sex addiction. And you might want to check those out. Um, if you like this kind of talk, please hit subscribe and share it on other platforms. But I want to get into brand, Brendan a little bit. And now he's becoming institutionalized. And many of the guys that I have worked with, uh, I had a guy that couldn't get medical attention. So he decided he was going to reoffend so he could get the services he got in prison and I have another person that I worked with that uh, reoffended because he would t- 
talk about when we worked together, he would talk about, he would fantasize about prison and he liked it because he had a little form of status in there. He was like a, he was a really good worker for me. He was really great with his hands. And he uh, talked about how he was the head maintenance guy in the, the prison and how hard it was. You know, when somebody gets released from prison, they get a parole officer. Do you know they have to pay for that parole officer? And most of these meetings for these guys, they got to do drug and alcohol tests. They got to pee all the time. And when do they do that? They do that nine to five. So these guys can't find a lot of work, you know, number one. And then you're going to add all these burdens onto them. And a lot of them can't keep it up. And they end up going back in, which is another travesty. Because if you're in jail for a marijuana violation, you know, uh, for selling some weed or whatever, uh, does it justify you going back to prison again and again? And that's why, too, we need to get some of these drug and alcohol offenses espunged. This is a new society. This is a new day. We can't have prisons that lock people up for profit. It just don't work. There's there's an incentive to throw people in prison. And so that's a whole nother thing. But my fear with Brendan is he comes out and he's so institutionalized, you know, that his, he, he reminisces how more comfortable it was being back in prison, you know, which you and I would say, wow, that's not possible. But I just gave you two cases uh, that affected me and my personal life, you know, that I've seen. So multiply that across the population and how many more people um, have reoffended just to go back. <laughs> like, so uh, we got some work to do in this country, people. So anyways, I just wanted to get on here and talk about Brendan. I wanted to share this journal. I wanted to share that we can do more. We can spend a half hour collectively doing good for the universe. And it's only going to become a better place, you know. Um, and we all have an extra half hour, an hour a day. Um, you know, in my recovery, I usually do some recovery work an hour a day. And I always say I never partied for one hour, you know. And when I partied, I never partied for one hour. And so, uh, you know, I'm glad you guys are all uh, here today. Uh, please hit subscribe if you like these talks. I do have a YouTube channel. I'm going to maybe start using that to put some of these links on here. Uh, but today, just remember that journal. Uh, it was really a good one, false confessions, uh, causes and consequences. It's in the uh, Journal of American Academy of Psychiatric and Law. And their uh, website again is jaapl.org. And so uh, try to go help somebody today. Uh, whether it's in this vein of helping people wrongly convicted or um, helping the neighbor cut her lawn that's elderly and can't do it anymore. And then you can, uh, if you have nothing to give anybody today, uh, you can always give us a smile. So God bless you all and have a wonderful one.